if you're having feelings of anxiety or depression, or you just don't feel like yourself after you have a baby, don't feel like that's the norm. There's medications that can help and they're safe in breastfeeding. So if you are breastfeeding your child and you think, oh, I can't take a medication because it's gonna hurt my baby. There's lots of data out there for specific medications that have been proven that are safe. Hey mama, welcome to Tired Moms Club with Be My Breast Friend. My name is Kristen and I am the creator of Be My Breast Friend on Instagram and BeMyBreastFriend.com. I am a mom of the four, third time exclusive pumper and CLC. Join me for the duration of your pump session, whether you're sitting in a dark room during your middle of night pump, at work, traveling, or keeping baby occupied while you prep the next bottle. We are going to talk about all things like patient and more. Hang out with me while I share more insight behind some of my favorite pump reviews and breastfeeding products. There will also be guests. I have made friends with some of the coolest people around. We will touch on lactation education to maternal nutrition, starting your little one on solids, and sometimes just some freestyle chit-chat with my breasties. So sit back, relax, do some of that fancy hammer to trigger a letdown, and turn me up. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Tired Moms Come with Be My Breast Friend. I am joined here with Melissa that you can find over at Pharmamacist. Recently, I had shared her on my stories because I just fell in love with her page and her delivery and her passion for medications and mom and baby. And we just thought it'd be really cool to get her on here and just share some more of her expertise and background in commonly asked questions about contradictions and um, medications that are compatible with lactation. And um, here she is. This is Melissa. Go ahead and... Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, My name is Melissa. As Kristen said, I have uh, two little girls of my own and have gone through the breastfeeding and pumping journey as well. And I know there's tons of questions out there. I get questions all the time just from friends and family about breastfeeding and uh, what's safe, what they, what you can take when you're breastfeeding. So I reached out to Kristen to connect and here we are. Yeah, I'm so glad you did too. I'm really excited and I'm really enjoying watching your page grow because I feel like you have so much good information. And I've noticed too, if I could just like kind of like plug you here, it's not all just lactation and um, what's compatible with lactation and medication. Um, you also share, you know, sunscreen and like I don't know. You were talking something recently. Oh, pink eye, which you guys had just gone through yourself. Yes. Oh, yes. It never ends. I have both my girls are in daycare. So all the daycare illnesses, we're always talking about those on there too. Yeah. That's all you had to say. Daycare. Yes. It's fun. And I've been following Kristen since I had my first child um, because I was trying to figure out how to use a pump. So this is my funny story of how I discovered Be My Breast Friend. Uh, I had just, I guess my daughter was probably like a month old and I was planning to go back to work. So I need to figure out how to pump. So I got my flanges, got everything set up, thought I knew what I was doing. I had my spectra and I texted my friend and I was like, I can't, when I turn the pump on this, the flanges are falling down. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, they're not suctioning. Like I'm holding them up and they just fall down. And she's like, do you have a pumping bra? I'm like, I don't know what you mean. I'm just I'm holding. I thought you just put them on your nipples and they just suction and stay on. Um, so she's like, oh, my God, let me send you this Instagram page. You need some help. So that's <laughs> kind of how I've been following Kristen on Be My Breast Friend for the past, I think, three years now almost. That's so crazy. Thank you for all of your help. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. I had no idea. No clue. Yeah. That story is new to me, too. That's really fun. And I and 
you're not alone. Um, I know like, I I don't even know that I was engaged yet at the time. And my husband had a friend who his wife had just had a baby. And I remember going to their house to visit and she sat on the couch and she's like, it's time for me to pump because her baby was in the NICU at the time. And I just remember watching her hold flanges to her breast. And I I didn't know the first thing about breastfeeding. And I just remember thinking like, there's got to be a better way. But you are not the first one to do that. When I was in the NICU, when my daughter was delivered, one of my multiples, I wasn't prepared with a breast pump, pumping bra. And um, I did the same thing in the NICU. So if you are listening, that's like one little tidbit you could take away. That's like, you know, so just a little bonus. Yeah. Like get yourself a good pumping bra. Yeah. Um, but, and, and I'll talk about it another day, but there are some suction, there are some flanges that actually do suction to your breast. Really? Yeah. Yeah. But there, it's like far and few between, but there is one out there that is pretty impressive. Um, but we could, I'll share that another time. Yeah. I have to come back. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even rated that pump yet or reviewed it yet. So I don't want to get too into it, but it does. It is out there, but yeah, that, that pumping bra can like make, make or break a yes. journey. Honest yes. to God. Yeah. Cause we want to be hands-free and we want to know, we want to know that, you know, we're, I don't know, we're comfortable and we can like make it long-term and you know, feel confident in our journey. So yeah, thank absolutely. you for finding me. Yeah, yeah, I'm so glad. I made it 13 months with my first, and I'm on month eight and a half with my second. So I give a lot of that credit to you and your page. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, and congratulations. 13 months is a long time, and so is your second round. And there's no such thing as a too long or too short a journey. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're all different. Yeah, no doubt. Now, before we get into the medications and what everyone is, you know, you know, dying to learn a little bit more about this lactation and um, medication, I think it's really wise that we just like kind of plug in here that the information that you're going to be hearing today at Be My Breast Friend. Yes, yes, definitely a disclaimer for everybody that uh, these are just, this is to help supplement inf- information for you all. But obviously, the best people to ask for any medical advice will be your OB, as well as uh, your child's pediatrician, because they know you and your baby better than anybody. So ultimately, this is just supposed to be supportive information for you and not medical advice. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that. I think it's easy to go down the wormhole. Hole, is that the right word? Or the, the rabbit hole of like right. Google, Dr. Google, as everyone yes. likes to call them, you know? Um, so I think that I what I really... I'm hoping here, and I know it's going to happen, is this is going to be a really easy place that you can come, get some information, and then build off of it. Yes, that's my goal. That's awesome. Well, let's get started. Uh, so I would say that the drug class, especially this time of year that I'm getting asked most about, is related to seasonal allergies. So a lot of people kind of cling right to the antihistamines like Zyrtec, Claritin, Allegra. And they can cause a dip in your supply. Now, not as much as Benadryl, which you wouldn't be taking every day anyway, but Zyrtec, which is commonly used, or Allegra, uh, Zizol is another one that's out there. They they work by kind of drying up the mucus. So when you're drying up mucus, that can also dry up milk. So you might see a dip in your supply. But I think more importantly than that, realizing that those are actually not first line recommended for seasonal allergies anymore that the intranasal steroids are actually first line recommended. So we're talking like Flonase, Nasonex, Nasonex are the brand names. And then you can also, they're both available generic as well. They're over the counter. You don't need a prescription for them. And you just locally spray them into your nose. There's no systemic side effects. It is a steroid, but you don't have to worry about it getting into your breast milk. So those are really the 
the first line recommendations for seasonal allergies. And you also don't have to worry about a dip in your supply. So that I think is uh, a common question that I get that I wanted to provide some guidance on is seasonal allergies and what to take. I had no idea. That's news to me. So that's really great to learn. I'm definitely learning here with everybody else. I mean, I'm familiar with things. I took, I had full body hives. We had talked about off air. Um, and I had my first line of defense was, was the only thing in my medicine cabinet at two in the morning was Benadryl. And then after that, I did go to Zyrtec because my body, I, I actually saw more of a dip with the Benadryl than I did with the Zyrtec. Um, but you know, like I think what you've said is probably more valuable than my personal experience. Of course. No, it's so different for everybody. I think that it's a great point. Like I know personally Zyrtec, I like, I will have an ounce or two less when I'm taking Zyrtec consistently every day. Now, if I take one dose of it as needed, I don't see a dip in my supply, but it really does vary. And also some people will say Claritin doesn't impact my supply, but Zyrtec does. So everyone is so different. So I think you make a really good point. That's so interesting. And, and I will say in my, and I don't know whose defense this is, but um, <laughs> I had the full body hives that lasted. I don't, I had no idea when they were going to go away. And my God, they, I was like a full body hive from like my well, possibly the back of my legs, definitely my butt cheeks and all the way up to my face. Like I was just one big walking hive and I didn't know when it was going to end. And I took Zyrtec because it's a 24 hour medication, right? So I, um, after taking the Benadryl multiple times, I jumped to the Zyrtec for the 24 hour. And I think I passed all the, the the hives passed themselves, I think about three days later. So thank, thank God for that. But, um, whatever was bothering me had gone away, I guess. Uh, but I don't recall seeing a dip because I probably was only taking it, you know, I was taking it for a short period for of time. short term. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most of the other ones, Benadryl, you have to take like every four or six hours. The other ones are once a day. So that can make a difference too, for some people. Uh, but they're both products, whether it's the nasal intranasal or the uh, antihistamines that you take by mouth are traditionally recommended and safe to take in breastfeeding, but always just check with your OB to make sure they're on board with it. And then if you are cleared to take it, you may see a dip in your supply. Just be aware of that. But it's nothing that I would expect if you stop taking it, if you're only taking it for a few days and then you stop, I would expect your supply to come right back. I don't think it's like a permanent reduction. Yeah, I agree. And I, I had the same, I personally had the same exact response that you're describing here. So that's, that's great for everyone to hear. I think that's a little sense of relief there. Yeah. And, um, and then, so that's our colds. Um, I'm sorry, that's our allergies. Allergies, yeah, allergies. So then the other big one is cold. So you can, if you're having like a lot of mucus produ- production related to a cold or the flu, anything like that, you can use antihistamines again because of that drying effect. So that's a bonus. You can use them for allergies. You can also use them if you have some sort of infection cold to help dry up the mucus. Um, and then other agents. So this is where it gets the marketing for cold and flu medicines just are crazy. So everyone will say different things about what they do, the brand name, but really what you have to do is look at the back and look at the active ingredient. So for example, um, it might say cough and cold severe or different names that they advertise. And what you really need to look at is the active ingredient because that is what is could be harmful. So for example, decongestants uh, like phenylephrine and pseudoephedrine are two of the names of the products that you should avoid those products, not only because they'll cause a significant dip in your supply, but they're also not recommended to take while you're breastfeeding. So um, they 
cause uh, what's called vasoconstriction. They, they can increase blood pressure. So it's not safe for you as the breastfeeding mother or for the baby. In certain situations, the doctor may recommend that you take it and just pump and dump, but definitely don't get caught up on what's advertised on the front of the box of a product. Turn it over and look at the active ingredients because you want to avoid those two. And I think, um, I know if I were just a listener right now, and I, I am just listening, and I can't even tell you what you just said as far as like medication yeah. names. So what we're going to make sure yeah. that it's done here is go to the show notes of this podcast. And we're going to also, we'll list it there. If you have any content created on these, you know, yeah. what we're talking here, we'll link them there. We'll make sure that everything is within like click reach for you as a listener, because Definitely. I can't even pronounce half of these words, <laughs> let alone retain them in my head. Yeah. <laughs> So, and it's such yeah. valuable information. I want to make sure everyone can get to it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and then the other big one that they'll put in these combo products as well, or you could just take separately, are uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, which I don't expect anyone to remember, but the other name for them is NSAID. So like ibuprofen is the generic, Motrin, Advil. So those are safe to take and you'll, you know, they're recommended for uh, mastitis so they're safe to take in breastfeeding. And there's, for anybody out there who loves data, like I do, uh, the amount, if a mother's taking 400 milligrams of ibuprofen every six hours, the baby is only getting 0.06% of that, which is not even the dose you would give to a baby less than one. So it's such a small amount that it's negligible. You wouldn't even consider it a risk. So that's another one that um, if you're having headache, pain, fever, those ones are safe to take. It's awesome. This is such great information and so much better than going down Dr. Google. I'm loving every second of this right now. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Davin and Alley Nursing and Pumping Breasts. Devin and Natalie is a female-owned company by a breastfeeding mom and professional bra designer. Amanda designs size-inclusive and functional bralettes to fit modern breast pumps. Her styles not only make breastfeeding easier, they also help moms look and feel good postpartum. Devin and Natalie is most known for the Amelia Pumping and Nursing Cami, an incredible pumping bra that you can wear all day or for several days since we all know how mom life is. You easily lift up the top layer, insert your flanges into the overlapped pumping slips, and then you pull down the top layer to add compression against your flanges. It's nursing friendly with easy one-handed strap sliders. This is a complete game changer for moms and an absolute must-have for pumping. You won't want to take it off. Trust me. You can check out her entire collection for combo nursing and pumping bralettes at davinandnally.com and use code BREASTFRIENDS10 to save 10% on your purchase. So we just touched on, and I'm just going to kind of bark these off. So like we're all on the same page. So we did our allergies, we did our colds, um, over the counter. And then how about want to jump to, um, preventing with clogs and mastitis and first blebs? Oh yeah. So I wanted to chat with you about this, um, because I had never heard of blebs before and I recently had them twice. And the only reason I caught it was because my friend kept mentioning the word. And I just thought she was like using some random funny word and then realized that it's an actual thing. And what I thought I had was a clog. So I was treating it like a clog and it was getting worse and worse and worse. So I had never heard of a bleb. So I kind of wanted to get your intake as a lactation consultant, what you recommend in treatment versus if it's a clog versus mastitis versus a bleb and kind of help people with uh, what the difference is and how those treatments change. 
Okay, let me see. Let me see what I can present here. So a bleb um, is essentially a clog, right? You're, you've got a clogged nipple pore. So, um, and sometimes you don't see that. My sister, um, I had shared her nipple on Instagram once with her permission (laughs) and it was clear as day there was a blocked pore there because it was white and, um, and, but you know, like it looked like, um, like a white head, but a quite a very large white, white. Yeah. Um, and she, I want to say the way she removed hers because we're, you know, as, as, uh, my my maiden name is Cullen. So as a Cullen, like we're all kind of pickers and, um, which isn't necessarily most ideal because we know how filthy, you know, how much filth like lives under our nail beds or, you know, our nails and, you know, you obviously don't want to contract anything there. So, um, it's not recommended to pick at them, but I'm, I'd be lying if I said I didn't, or I didn't pick at anything I found (laughs) on my body because that's just what I do. But now if we're talking, so if we can clear that bleb, then hopefully we can take care of that clog. And I think, and I know I talk about it frequently um, in my Instagram, and I know there's content, there's so much new content out there, and the protocol for clogs has really changed. Yes. Um, And this could truly be its own episode, but I think it's wise to like talk about it here because it also involves medication. Mm -hmm. So in the past, which it's really silly when you think about it, I think. In the past, we used to say if you were clogged, then a clogged duct was an individual clogged duct was clogged with mm-hmm. sticky, fatty milk or something, right? Yeah. Well, now if you read the ABM or the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine protocol, I believe it's 36, and that's the protocol for mastitis. Um, it says it states in their clearest day, and it's like word for word. I have it. I have it cited somewhere on one of my reels um, or some piece of content, and it says. Um, it is it is like physically impossible to clog one individual individual duct. It mm-hmm. is so now moving forward from like our old like caveman mentality on clogs, which was we have one little single pore or yeah pore or you know a uh, clogged single duct, and we gotta just massage you know the life out of it to get it to pass through, and mm-hmm. you know and there was a time where. Um, it raged through the internet for a while that you take, you know, your, your, your knuckles or a massager, and then you want to massage the front of the clog to open it up. And you think about like traffic and cars. And if the one car doesn't move, you can't go anywhere. So you want to open it up. And now, um, so I should say, so then you had all these moms just like going to town and increasing what they didn't know was more inflammation and more damage to their breast tissue. And, and now, I mean, I still get messages to this day, like, Hey, I I watched your highlight on how you cleared your dot or your your clogs. Cause I've more recently been having this reoccurring clog in the same portion of my right breast. And I'm pretty open about it. And I share it on my highlight. I share, I've even shared it in action, like filming and when it like cleared and how I was doing it. So now what we know is what we were doing before was just worsening, worsening this it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tremendously. Cause we were putting so much like aggravated energy into our breast. And you have to remember like, this is our breast tissue. Like if you hurt, you sprain your ankle, you're not taking your knuckles and digging <laughs> into it, you know, like you're yeah. worsening your symptoms. So um, now what we know is that the clog is more times than not, it's a congestion, it's inflammation that's, um, it's narrowing the ductway. So that is why we cannot pass the milk. That's why we're having a buildup, if you will. Um, and what we feel is that clog in our breast is, it, it is, it can't, it is milk, but it's also inflammation. 
-hmm. So instead of moving things towards the nipple, because we think that's the exit, it's actually not like, yes, the milk needs to come out, but the inflammation needs to go back into the body yep. to reabsorb. Right. So like we're now we're doing lymphatic massaging and mm -hmm. I actually have a piece of content coming up that um, I'm just taking my old content that I did in stories because it's all real life. And I'm going to share how I did my lymphatic massaging because I feel you hear about it, but you're like, what in the world is this? Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, just like easy brush strokes, you know, like with the fingertips, like back to your lymph nodes, like to reduce that inflammation. And it's not going to happen right away. You know, like you, you may not sit down and start doing some nice and gentle massaging and find that it clears immediately. It might take a couple hours. But the one thing that I've learned about clogged ducts is that before I would cry. If I had a clogged duct, I would, I would think it's the end of the world. Now, mm -hmm. if I get a clogged duct, I'm like, okay, let's just address this. Like, you know, level-headed, let's go into this, let's not freak out, nothing's wrong yet, because a clog does not equal mastitis, and a mastitis does not equal a clog. So I think that's really important to know. Um, and in addition to this, and if you wouldn't mind, I'm going to cite a couple other pages as well. There's a, there's this Australian page, it's called, they're called Your Two Jugs, and they are awesome, and I, I don't know if you found them yet. No, um, not yet. They, they go deep into mastitis and they talk about this. They break it down in like every direction. And I think it's really fabulous to watch. And, and I learn from them too, because I don't deal with mastitis a whole lot. I don't really see mastitis a whole lot, like in my DMs and like moms that I communicate back and forth with. And by the time they find out that they're like deep into mastitis, they're already on antibiotics. Mm -hmm. So, um, But I think it's super important to just know that if you have a clog, which in like my previous experience with clogs, if I had a clog, I was like, I'm doomed. Mastitis yeah. is the next step. And that is not the case. So going back to medication and mm -hmm. what you already said, that's where we can really benefit from taking Motrin. Yep. The anti-inflammatories. Yeah. So I would say anywhere from 400 to 600 milligrams of it would be the recommendation. And again, that's reducing the inflammation in the breast tissue. And then so that's one thing you do. And you shouldn't need it for a prolonged period of time. I would say like one or two doses. You're not staying on this for weeks. So Absolutely. that's something to keep in mind. You're trying to reduce inflammation as soon as you notice that it's there. 100%. And for me, it's been when I wake up and I pump my first session and then I'm like, uh-oh, like I still have this pocket. And people always ask mm -hmm. me, how do you know you're clogged? Well, when... When you're a breastfeeding mom, whether you you really, I don't, whether you are or you're not, like you should know your anatomy. You know, when you're in the shower and you're wiping yourself down with soap and water, feel your breast, get to know your yeah. anatomy. And then when you're full before you pump in the morning, get to know your anatomy. And then when you empty or move any bits of milk, feel around and get to know what your breasts feel like, because that is truly, that's, that's the only way that I know that something's wrong with my breast, because I know that that lump or that hard pocket in my top of my breast doesn't belong there. And yeah. I have, let me just say one more thing because it's, it's about breast cancer. I made a, an appointment with a doctor once because I had a scare. I thought I had a lump in my breast. And it was because I was feeling my breast, trying to get to know myself. And I was using two hands and I was pushing together. When I was doing that, I was pushing together my breast tissue. And I thought I felt a lump. When I went to the doctor, she's like, show me where that lump is. And I started mm -hmm. doing that with two hands. And she goes, stop right there. I know what yep. you're doing. So I think that's really important since we're talking about feeling your breast. Yeah, absolutely. Yourself, use it, put your arm up in the air, put it behind your head, keep it at your side, do whatever you got to do, but don't use that other hand. Use the mm -hmm. one hand and feel around your breast because using two hands, you may find yourself in a scare like I did where I was pushing together my breast tissue and I like 
directly create not a lump, but I pushed together what I felt was a lump. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And even, even the difference too, I think like knowing when you're engorged in the morning versus having a clog, like those are two different things. Like just because the baby slept through the night for the first time and you wake up engorged, that doesn't necessarily mean you have a clog. Yes, you're at risk then, but it's two different things and it feels different. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. That is such a valid statement. That's so true. I couldn't tell you how many times I woke up with truly like boulders and not mm-hmm. everyone can wake up in gorge, but I have woken up where I'm like, I can't get, I can't get the smoke off fast enough. I feel like they're going to fall off my chest and I'm just going to like fall to the ground. Um, but then everything moved okay. Cause I didn't have the inflammation. I didn't have the ductal narrowing. So um, by the grace of God, I, I you know, so things work in mysterious ways. Let's just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I just want to mention too, like for me, again, it, it comes into play what you're saying, knowing your anatomy. Like I was so set on the fact that I had a clog and I was so focused on the upper part of my breast that I wasn't even looking to see for a bleb. Like, is there anything on my nipple? Cause I'm looking at the top of my breast where the backed up milk was stuck because it couldn't get out. So you have to really know what you're working with to figure yeah, out. Absolutely. And you should know your body, you know, I, there's no no shame in that. You really should know. Um, and I, I think because I know we're like we're we're t- we're chatty chatty Cassie, <laughs> and I'm loving every second of it. But let's get to the last one before we run out of too much time here. Um, yeah. and that is the postpartum. Yes, yes. So um, and something that is so common and not commonly talked about. When I went to my six week postpartum appointment for both children, there was one question that both these were two different OBs. They both asked the same thing. Um, do you want to start birth control? So nowhere in there, they had me do a little survey to ask about mood and all that. But I feel like I wanted to take this opportunity just to share that if you're having feelings of anxiety or depression, or you just don't feel like yourself after you have a baby, uh, don't feel like that's the norm. Uh, there's medications that can help. There's medications that can help and they're safe in breastfeeding. So if you are breastfeeding your child and you think, oh, I can't take a medication because it's going to hurt my baby. There's lots of data out there for specific medications that have been proven that are safe. So definitely talk to your OB, talk to your primary care doctor. If you want to ask your pediatrician, like this is what was recommended. Is it safe for the baby? You can do that as well. There's lots of data that shows that Therapy plus medication is superior than either of those things alone. So the combination route is the most effective, but if you only choose one, that's fine too. But I just wanted to share that uh, sometimes you have to advocate for yourself. So uh, I remember I filled out one of the surveys after my first and I failed the survey. Like it, it pointed that I had postpartum depression or anxiety and the pediatrician was like, oh, it says you failed this, but you seem fine. And I was like, I feel fine. She's like, yeah, you're fine. You're the, every, the nurse, the doctor's like, yeah, you're fine. If you feel fine, I'm like, I feel fine. And it wasn't until like 10 months later when I was laying in bed at like three in the morning and having these thoughts that, oh, I need to go check on her breathing. Like for no reason, I was just worrying about her breathing that I was like, I feel like this might not be normal. And so I talked to my primary care doctor about it. And he's like, yeah, not normal. <laughs> like you should not be waking up being like, I need to go check her breathing. And just a lot of different thoughts that I was having. And so I'm glad that I advocated for myself, but I know not everybody feels comfortable doing that. So I just wanted to give a blurb here that definitely advocate for yourself. Talk to your primary care doctor. uh, Shoot me a message. I'm happy to talk about it too, but uh, if anybody has questions about it. So there are safe medications to take 
that are safe for you, effective for you, and they're safe for your baby as well. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. It's definitely not talked enough. No. About it. no, it's not. And I'm, and I actually was in a message today with someone. I, I never know who I'm talking to, but <laughs> I was talking to someone and we were talking about, um, uh, postpartum depression, anxiety. And, and my, I had my, I had some kind of checkup with the doctor. I forget. Maybe it was around the time I had my hernia. I found out I had my hernia at 10 months or 10 weeks postpartum. And she, um, she's like, Kristen, are you okay? And I'm crying on the tele telehealth. Like, no, I'm not okay. And like, I was really open with her and she's like, we need, you know, I'm going to check back on you. Like we need, you need to do this, this, and this and make these steps. And then that next appointment came and I canceled it. Like, I should be ashamed of myself. Yeah. No, really. but it's so it's so much easier to just do that than actually address what's going on. Yeah. And unfortunately. I'm an avoider, so I hear you I on am. that. Yeah. I can unfortunately um, relate to that. And I do regret it. I think about it often. Fortunately, like, I guess I, I don't even know where to say I am, like, right now in my life. Like, I, I feel okay. Everything seems to be okay. But at that time in my life, like, I, sh- I, I did need, like, I did need help. Yeah, like, not suggesting that I needed to be on medication, but did I, I definitely needed to talk to somebody and you, mm-hmm. hearing you say like therapy and medication, like how it's been proven that it's like goes hand in hand and it's just like, what's the word I'm looking for is uh, it like, I guess goes to town um, the fastest or like, that's like a terrible way to put it, but like, it's like <laughs> you know, like it's um, just most beneficial. Yeah, and I think I've, I've done therapy in the past while well, I think I was even I don't even know if I was married yet. No, no, I was, I had the kids and I did therapy for a little while and I loved it, you know, it, but it yeah. was hard for me to admit that I needed it. So. Yeah. And it's hard to find the time. Like, like my doctor was like, all right, I want you to start talking to somebody and we'll start a medicine. Well, what's quicker taking a pill in 30 seconds every morning or taking that hour once a week to talk to somebody. So it's not only like addressing that. I think I need to improve my mental health, but it's also them taking the commitment of an hour in between your job responsibilities, your mom responsibilities, your household responsibilities. Like it's an hour a week is a lot of time. It sure is. Yeah. Admitting that and getting support just from your spouse, your parents, somebody to watch the kids. So you can go to that therapy appointment. They have a lot of virtual therapy now. So Mm -hmm. definitely recommend advocating for yourself. Yeah. I think this was possibly the best way to end this. I didn't even know we were going to go here. (laughs) This is news to me and more than I've shared on Instagram. I'll tell you that much. No one knew that I was doing any of that. So, um, and I'm not, I mean, I'm an open book, you know, there's certain, obviously certain aspects of my life that I'm not going to like, just like throw at the wind, but you know, that's, I think it's important to know, you know, it's, it's important to be open and have that conversation and, and it, you know, because we're all, we're all very similar. Yeah. And we're all figuring it out. I mean, and part of the reason, like some days I'm like, oh, I can't show my face right now. Like I'm feeling like a slob kebab. Like I I want to seem put together, but I'm like, this is real life. Like mm-hmm. in the moment, I'm just whatever. Like, and yeah. I feel like it makes, it makes the people that I follow and feel inspired by it just, it makes it more real. And you're like, I trust what they're saying. Cause this is how I feel at the end of the day. I just feel like, like when you were celebrating a shower, like nobody understands, like being able to take a shower, wash your hair, shave your legs all in one shower. Like that's huge. Usually it's one or the other. I'm either shaving oh my, my legs from washing my hair. Yes. Oh my God. I, yeah. When I shaved my legs, I felt like I was like, because <laughs> the shower I had taken previous to that, I was like washing my head over my kid that was standing at my feet. Like, you know, I'm like, I'm not getting anything done. I, she's going to no. come out. She's gonna come out shiny, and I'm still gonna be stinky. Yeah, nothing relaxing about that. No, no. Well, um, I'll I'll wrap this up here. I mean, this was this was so so awesome. Such a wonderful episode. Thank you so much for joining me. 
And if you're looking for Melissa, you can find her over on Instagram at Pharmacist. I'll make sure that everything is everything that we've talked about, anything that I can possibly share in the show notes, it will be there. So find her, find all this very valuable information and then head to the show notes too for like more um, resources and stuff of that nature. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Let's do it again. <laughs>